You're listening to The Sleuth Podcast. Real private investigators here to help you find the truth when you need to know. Sharing sometimes shocking, sometimes heartwarming, and sometimes hilarious stories from the field. We keep it real. Interviews with experts bring you insights on how people leverage PIs in their lives and in their businesses. Licensed by the North Carolina Department of Public Safety, here's your host, Jamie. Yay, yay, yay. Welcome to the Sleuth Podcast. This is Jamie. I am your favorite sleuth here to tell you the truth when you really need to know. Welcome to the show. So, today's podcast is a little bit different because my favorite mostest hostess with the mostest is on a screen right now and she's not here mm-hmm. in person. Say hello, Candace. I'm a giant head on a TV. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a cool new friend today. Say hello, friend. Hello. This is Miss Raven. And Raven Coleman owns an awesome company called 4C Cleaning. And she is here today because she does a really awesome, well, we're morbid a little bit sometimes at the sleuth. (laughs) And (laughs) she does crime scene cleanup and hoarding stuff. And she does all types of cleaning. And so she's going to tell us a little bit about her and her company. And we're just going to talk and have some fun times here on the sleuth. And so, yay, here we are. Yay. Yay. So first, because we didn't talk about football. Last week, I want to talk about football, and I found we, out we didn't. See, I'm psychic. It's a good thing I said we shouldn't. I know because we <laughs> had no idea, and now she's here. We're, we're pre- so. Why are we talking about football? We're talking about football because Miss Raven is a Kansas City fan. Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. So, so, yep. so was, were your dreams crushed a couple of weeks ago? What'd you bit. do? A little bit. I actually was in um, Tampa. I went to Tampa. Did um, you? I did, just to say that I was in the same city. I just wanted to check in on Facebook in the same city that the Super Bowl <laughs> was happening. And it oh, no. right. <laughs> Last year when we went, I went home to Kansas City because I'm from Kansas City. So I went home and was there. So it was amazing that we won and I was home and all the yeah. excitement. And so I was like, I'm going to Tampa and we're going to win. <laughs> and I was going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Be very disappointed. I fell asleep. I ain't gonna lie. I was. I should have fell asleep. I should have fell asleep, and maybe maybe the response would have been different. The results would have been. But hey, I ain't nothing I can say. Look, we're we're Cowboys fans. We live in this space a lot. (laughs) We have no friends in the football community. Not many. We had to say, look, it's just a team thing, and we all love each other anyway. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't too surprised. Did you think you were going to lose? I didn't think that we were going to lose. No, I didn't think that we were going to lose, but I wasn't going to be surprised if we did because it was Tom Brady. And there is just this huge NFL relationship that they make money when he wins. We just, I don't, we were set up from the beginning. (laughs) I think it was just a a conspiracy from the beginning. So I was say I was with you until you said set up. Like, oh. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Y'all had well, some y'all had some injured people on your line, not, and that probably many, didn't help. Not enough. Not that we 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 played. They played their best game on the right night, and we played our worst game on the wrong night. Right. You're right. So I just got to take. We'll be back though. You'll be playing us next time. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, get ready. Jesus. Because <laughs> we're going to the Super Bowl yeah, every year. <laughs> 
every cowboy friend I have every year. Hey, I know. we got to keep it up. I mean, I if we don't keep the hope alive, who I will? I know. Especially. I saw a meme. I saw a meme that said that the the Super Bowl should be at the Cowboy Stadium because that way nobody will ever win from home field advantage again. That was crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Not nice. Well, you know what? We're gonna move on from that one. My husband is a Redskins or whatever Washington football team. I'm just saying I'm used to being on the defensive constantly about my team choice and. <laughs> Uh, it's a very contentious household for when it, during football season. But uh, they did halfway decent yeah. <laughs> this year, ish, maybe, ish, mm, whatever. Anyways, so how did you find us, Raven? You didn't find us as the sleuths, though. No, how no. did you? So this I, is so cool. Sorry. I actually, I actually found you all through background check services for my company. Okay, and so you got to meet Tanya, right? Yeah. And Tanya called me and she's, oh my gosh, this lady, she was like, she's a black lady, Jamie. And she has her own, (laughs) and she has her own company in this crime scene cleanup. And I was like, what? And so we just had to reach out. So tell me a little bit like about how you even got into all of this and a teeny tiny bit of the background. Pretty much the 4C Central Carolina Cleaning Company got started about six years ago and actually I had the thought of crime scene cleanup when I was in high school. I had an internship through the local police department, and there was a scholarship program that it was to encourage women and minorities to become a law enforcement officer, and we did ride-alongs and went on all types of scenes. And so I was like, who cleans this up? And they said the, the families have to hire somebody. It's somebody private. A lot of people think that, the cops or fire department comes and sprays it or cleans it off. I've heard many different thoughts of what people (laughs) think happens, but nobody really knew who was responsible for the cleanup. So I had the thought then, um, nothing ever, nothing ever came to fruition about it. I actually went to the military. I got started in my undergrad was in criminal justice and I went to started in corrections, went to the military When I went to the military, I asked to be a cop. That's what I wanted. I went to the Air Force, and I wanted to be security forces to stay on the track that I had always been in, and they made me a medic. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to be a medic, but it actually ended up probably being the best best decision and the best actual result at the end of the day because it gave me the foundation that I needed when I got into death investigations. So when I got out of the Air Force, I was stationed in, I came back from Iraq, and my base of preference was Luke Air Force Base in Phoenix. And there was an opening with the medical examiner's office when I was getting out of active duty. And you had to have a background in A&P and medical terminology. So here comes my four years of a medic <laughs> that I can put to use. I'm right. like, oh, well, this might work. So I fell in love with it, with death investigations, with autopsies. Just, I don't know. What do you like the most about it? They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's, they don't give you no problems. It's, but I just, I'm that person. I like to see on movies. And even though I know it's entertainment and things like that, I'm that gory. I, I grew up watching scary movies. I like, I'm nosy. So I want to know what's going on, like how did this happen kind of thing. And so that's how that got started. My interest in forensics and death investigations started. So then fast forward, I get to North Carolina and I 
actually ended up back at the in the medical examiner's office for the state of North Carolina. And my partner, there was a coworker of mine, and we were talking about crime scene cleanup. And I was like, this is what I wanted to do. I used to want to run this, open up my own company. And she was like, let's do it. So she had background as well in the same thing. And we, we went through all the red tape, started the company, and our primary focus was the biohazard, crime scene, trauma cleanup, decontamination, restoration services. But here, you have to be hired either by the family or business. It's not, Here you mean like North Carolina? Yes. Okay. It's not contracted. Many people think in like up north there's some places where cleanup can be contracted through like law enforcement. Yeah. But it's not. You have to be hired through either the family or the business owner wherever the incident occurred. And a lot of people don't know that there is a, your insurance policy has a clause that covers the services. Oh. Um, yes. But that's not a selling point for your insurance agent to be like, hey, <laughs> if grandma dies in your bedroom and you don't know it or something happens, we will cover it. How much? It depends on the coverage. How much does that kind of cost to even do a crime scene cleanup? It varies. It varies. I. It depends on like how. Yeah, it, it depends on the scope. It depends because my scope is really only for the contaminated area. But I have been to scenes where there was a gentleman... It was an unattended death in August. Had no AC. Woo. So. <laughs> Look at we, her face. <laughs> <laughs> no AC. Unattended death. He had been there, I believe, probably under two weeks. First weekend in August. And. Hot. In the bedroom. So where he was at, it actually seeped through the floor. And whatever his lifestyle was, <laughs> whatever his lifestyle was that possibly contributed to his death, like drinking. And apparently he was the family. He was he drank. And so there was urine and feces throughout the house. So now instead of just the bedroom being my scope, the family's like, we need the whole house clean. Mm. And I was able to communicate with insurance because now. There's biohazard issues throughout the house. So they were able to cover the whole cleaning. So I went from one bedroom just to one bedroom just to that to the entire house. I think that should be something that insurance agents tell you about, because if I didn't know that I could get someone to clean it up, I would have been like, OK, so I'm going to go get a gallon of gasoline and a box of matches because I'm just going to burn this house. Later probably wouldn't give you any money if you burnt the house down. And after that. And, and so not for the money, I just mean, because to get a, I wouldn't want to. And, and a lot of times people don't. We run into like with businesses I've ran into where. There has been, I've heard like on a scanner, there was like a shooting at a gas station. And when I go to try to make contact with the property owner, like they're out with a mop bucket and a 409. And I'm like, oh you, gosh, you, you can't do that because the blood spatter, if it gets on your product, if a kid comes in here, if you don't, if things that most people that aren't trained to see it with their, with their naked eye, you, if you're, you could have a whole big problem on your hands if some kid comes in here and there's a skull fragment right on the oh. Reese's cup. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's true. But there were a lot of times business owners are worried about insurance, deductibles. And I've been to hotels where they're having their housekeeping 
go in and some housekeepers are like, nah, I'm not cleaning this. So then they call somebody else. But yeah, what if they do? I mean, <laughs> sometimes they do they start some, rinsing it off. And sometimes because a lot of people die, a lot of people die in hotels. Yeah. And and the, the hotel wants to hurry up and get it clean. Yeah, because you know, they don't want people to know that it's happened. That that it, that, right. But more so, they're going to rent that room out again real quick. Yeah. Apartments, too. They got to clean it up real quick because they're going to rent it out again. Okay, so how long does it take to to clean up an area and get it back so, restored for somebody to be in there, especially like an apartment or or hotel room? So again, depending on the scope of how large the the how large how large it is, how large the scene is, can vary. I usually try to always give a timeline, an estimated timeline of completion because sometimes they just want the cleaning done. They may not want restoration services. So restoration services, there was a gentleman that had shot himself underneath the chin at his computer in his home office and the ceiling fan was going. So when he shot himself, the projectory behind him, so blood spatter was everywhere. The the whole room was covered. And the family family did not leave the house. Like sometimes families will go to a hotel while we're cleaning. They stayed there the entire time. We had to keep the doors closed and sectioned off while we were there. They didn't come up, but they wanted every they wanted every little bit of keepsakes and on the laptop when your laptop is on the screen gets hot. Mm-hmm. So the blood started to harden on the screen and they wanted the laptop. So then we have to go through and meticulously clean the laptop and crevices and cracks and so they wanted like every book and picture frame and everything else individually off they wanted yes so that's a whole process in itself it could take days i try to give once i go in and i find out exactly what it is they want try to provide the family with an estimated reasonable estimated time with them they did want restoration so they so the walls had to be repainted the, the ceiling fan had to be replaced. The ceiling had to be painted from where Sorry. there was blood spatter. Uh, the floor was able to be saved. But in that one house from August that I was telling you about, that floor couldn't be saved. So we had to literally, re- yeah, replace the floor. Because once it go, once the blood, depending on the type of flooring, it seeps down underneath, under the subfloor. We've had to, I've had to crawl under houses to clean the joists, the joists underneath the houses where decomp, yeah. decomp fluid will go all the way down in December. So you've seen some wild things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a combination just over the years and total. I've just I have I can we a, ask for your craziest on scene cleanup yeah I don't know if we can get any two you said two weeks less than two weeks and the guy had juices down in the bed yeah oh. yeah I've removed I, re- I recently did recently had a cleanup it was another unattended death and they estimate that he had probably been in there when they found him they estimate that he had probably been in there about four to six weeks and you were able to the, because of where he died, he literally slumped out of his chair and his bed was right next to the chair. And you could see where his knee prints was on because the decomp flew like it literally his body was there. So it basically how you see the crime scene outline, the body outline, decomp fluid's going to do the same thing. So you literally were able I was able to piece together. I knew that he had slumped down and fell slumped over his bed because I could tell where his knees and everything were based off of the print on the ground. Uh. Do you own or manage a business? 
The people you employ represent your company and your reputation. They might drive company vehicles or wear your logo. Your business's name is in their email. Blackman Detective Services pre-screens employees for statewide or national criminal records and DMV history so you can know before you hire. Verify the resume licenses and certifications for anyone applying to work for your business and your home. Thoroughly examine your child care and elderly care and even pet sitters. Call Blackman Detective Services and put good people to work. Okay. <laughs> so let me ask this. Do Candace's you, face is like, I know. <laughs> I, Sorry. I'm like trying to I breathe. Just, I'm picturing you going in and seeing basically like a. Blood doesn't a, bother me. It's the decomp fluid a, I don't think I is. thought about. The, the decomp fluid or the odor? Well, I know the odor's there too. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've accepted the odor. The decomp <laughs> fluid I don't think is the problem that I'm having because okay. that's probably why it's so stinky. Yes. Yeah, so once you remove the soiled, so like the bed, he had slumped over on the bed. So once we took the bed out and the couch or the the chair, his recliner where he was sitting at, once we took all of that out, then the smell will start to dissipate. I still have to treat for the odor, but you got to get the contaminated items out. Does that smell come home with you in your clothes? Absolutely. Do you like have Your dogs love it? Yeah, all dogs will love it, actually. Oh my gosh, that is so weird. I don't understand. Why do they love it? It's, it's like when dogs see, if your dogs smell, if there's like roadkill or something, and they, they're they still domestic, they're animals, so they're going to smell that dead odor. Oh my gosh. So they're always sniffing. Yeah. Like when I used to come home from autopsy, one of the pathologists, she's, she used to always talk about her dog and how much he loved it when she did decomps. Because, <laughs> yeah, like I've seen my dog before. He lo- he must love it, but we'll see him outside and he does the thing. I've seen other dogs do it too. It's like they find a scent on the ground and they like spin around it and then they roll around in it. It's because it's like something that's dead or smell. You right. Know, like he's trying to get the smell on himself. Yes. But all he's doing really is making himself fucking dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but when I have a whole process, when I, when I come home, when I come home, if I've been on a call like that, I'm usually going to, I'm in a, like a flight suit. I'm going to, I'm going to degown and everything like on my back porch. I'm taking everything off pretty much there. And my laundry room is right outside. So I don't generally go in the house. Yeah. I have clothes that are a jump bag that everything is in there specifically for it. Uh, You also do hoarding cleanup services, right? So with the hoarding of, of course, does insurance cover hoarding too? That gentleman that was in August, he was a hoarder of, and actually I have a better example of a hoarder, but the gentleman that was in the first weekend in August, he hoarded because he drank. So he had a lot of bottles and tr- trash, things like that. And his that insurance covered it. Cause okay. it the, but I did a hoarding in December where a lady's husband passed and she started hoarding after his passing. Uh-huh. And so insurance would not cover it because it was considered done out of neglect. Right. So they did not cover it. And I had to, I worked with the family, the home, the the goal is always to get the site back to its pre-incident status. I always want to, if somebody is residing in a home to allow them to return back to their home. So without them knowing that something ever happened is what the goal is. This, unfortunately, in this situation in December, the lady was not going to be able to return home. The residence, the structure was just going to be deemed unsafe. There was pests and there was pests and rodents and I just couldn't. 
Just couldn't put her back in there. You have a lot of comments on your website about how discreet and compassionate you are. And people really seem to appreciate the service and how you guys operate and your staff and all that stuff. How do you pick your people? How do you decide to, to come to work for somebody like you? Wow. That ha- as an entrepreneur, the hiring and the people part has to be the most difficult challenge for me. It has to be the most difficult. If if we could do it ourselves, we primarily would probably do it ourselves. But then that takes a point away of being the boss and running. You got to delegate. When it's your baby, nobody's going to treat your baby like your baby. And you just have to know, learn how to trust people and train them up. If I give you the, the training to be able to get the job done I on my biohazard team. So my company is divided into three divisions. I have the biohazard division, which covers the crime scene cleanup, the hoarding, meth lab. We've done meth lab cleanups before. So that's the biohazard division. That's what it was designed to be. That's what my focus was. I have a commercial division. We do some janitorial contracts here and there. I minimize, I actually downsized that quite a bit some couple of years ago, more so specifically because of the hiring part and dealing with people. I Just, can imagine. Yeah, the work. I don't know. I started working when I was 14. And the worth ethic of people nowadays is Doesn't just exist. it's just difficult <laughs> sometimes to find people, really good people to work. And because if something goes wrong, they're calling you. My name is on this. I have to be able to put people in place. So I downsized the janitorial, the commercial division quite a bit. And then my transport division, which runs under a different name, which runs under a different name as an end of life body removal mortuary transport service. And but primarily my cleaners have the cleaners that I have, two of them, three of them have cross-trained. So they're transporters, they're body removal techs, and they've cross-trained for bio cleanup. My bio team is very small. I'm on every job, every single job. But I have a small bio team, and they've been doing jobs for me pretty much for some years now. I don't really, I don't hire out a lot for it. They were easy to cross-train because they go, some of the body pickups that we do, we've had to go back and clean after it. So that was actually easy to do. I actually utilized Facebook jobs this week for a body removal tech position that I got open. Okay. I think I saw that on your Facebook. I And I think maybe you filled it because the, or you had applications or something because the link went, went away. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. I saw it on your Facebook. Yeah. It was like, only serious inquiries. And I was like, I know that game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because if you think about it, it's it just in general work. It's hard to find people to really work regular jobs. And then you want people to work with the deceased and in the death care industry and to go clean brain brain matter off of scrape brain matter off of a wall or mm. decomp fluid. I'm asking you to do a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> is it do you have a do you have like a test? For potential applicants. Yep, I'm going to take you on a scene and see what happens. So you're going to get sick or you're going to be all right? If you get sick, then (laughs) no This ain't going to work. This ain't going to (laughs) work. So there's a a show called, I love my reality shows, The Bernards, Burying the Bernards. That's freaking hilarious. I love it. I want to go to Memphis just to see Uncle Kevin. If you go, can I go with you? Absolutely. Okay. Road trip. Yes, we're going in. That's hilarious. They are. So they have two daughters and they're like working in the funeral home, but they have a crematorium and a funeral parlor. And they have the grandma is like in charge of everybody. And then they have one daughter. She doesn't want anything to do with dead bodies. She's like trying to make cakes. And then the other one is like having babies and 
<laughs> it's just the cutest little show. I love it. I binge watched it. I binge watched uh, the entire thing. Yes, good little eight <laughs> episodes when I was stuck. Okay, you literally the same person. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like oh, my cousin would love that. Me and my cousin were like big on watching all of our reality shows, and I was like, oh, Danielle, we're watching this one together. Okay, so I wanted to. Just oh, go over like a story, a case that I had found that kind of related to body cleanup and a crime scene cleanup and all that. And let's just going to chit chat through the story and tell me what you think. And I'm going to ask you some questions. And Candace, please jump in. Boom. So. Me, I never jump in on things. I'm very quiet <laughs> and reserved. Most people don't even not, know I'm here. Not. All right. So <laughs> our killer's name is Thomas Nuff. K-N-U-F. Nuff. Knuff. Like a knife, Junior. I want to say knuff, yeah. <laughs> like a knife. <laughs> he was born August 11th, yeah. 1974. He's Leo. And he's currently incarcerated and headed to the death penalty in Ohio. So Nuff had 13 prior convictions before this four-month period from late June until early October of 2001. Nuff participated... Oh. Huh? Oh, I was wondering what the prior convictions were for. I'll get there. Okay. I think I did good this time. We'll see. Sure. He was a criminal. Doesn't matter. He was doing after we talk yeah. about like the other part, it doesn't even matter. Be like General Scummery. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> General Scummery. So Nuff participated in three break-ins, two robberies, one using uh a handgun and the other a box cutter knife. So the court ended up consolidating all these cases for trial. And on January 18, 2002, Nuff pled guilty to two counts of breaking, entering, aggravated robbery with a firearm specification, breaking, entering, and breaking, entering, and vandalism, which added up to 15 and a half years consecutive. After sentencing, Nuff complained about his sentence, saying that 15 and a half years was way too long, and that was reserved for murderers and child rapists. He argued that his crimes were oh due to drug addiction and that he would like to get early release from prison to spend time with his son so that he can have a good influence on him. I feel like so I while he's incarcerated, he becomes pen pals with this lady who was also incarcerated at the time. Her name is Regina Capobianco. She was in prison for drug possession and forgery. They sent letters back and forth for nearly a decade, and in April of 2017, Nuff was released, joining Copa Bianco in the free world. And since he needed a place to stay, of course, as a criminal, he and Bianco got together and they attempted to live with she and her boyfriend, 65-year-old John Mann. However, there was an issue. The two ex-cons soon learned that their conditions of probation and parole did not allow them to live under the same roof. So man could only pick one of them. And soon the former pen pals were competing for the man's sympathy. I also saw in your past jobs that you were a probation officer. Juvenile probation officer or just regular? I did both. Juvenile and adults. So why can't they live together? Everybody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can't have have anybody with the felony records residing with each other. I wonder why. Mm -hmm. Not Never. as not as long as they're under supervision. Okay. So anytime they're on any type of correctional authority, whether it's secure care or incarceration or under community corrections, probation, parole, it's always one of their stipulations. What's the qualification for the person that you're living with? 
that they can't have a record either. Generally, one of the issues that, like housing, they can't live in any type of public housing, which always generally sometimes ends up being an issue and people can, because somebody like a boyfriend may come home to a, a girl and she's living in public housing and she'll lose her housing if they find out that he's living there. But they have to have a verifiable, most cases, be able to verify when you go to do a home verification, verify that they're considered an upst- upstanding citizen, a contributing to society, not involved in any type of, they can't be on any super type of supervision either and can provide, they're supposed to be, the home release plan is so that they could be a good support system. So they're supposed to be that a positive influence, a positive role. To, right. Yeah. We're actually working a case now. It's a custody case where the boyfriend came home and of course the baby daddy saw them on like social media or something welcoming him home. And of course, he cannot live with her and the children. One for, because I think he's got some, I think he used to be a sex offender. It's crazy that you can used to be a used sex to be. offender. And now there's the thing where if you don't have any, any more sexual criminal charges after 10 years, you can apply to be taken off of the sex offender registry. Yeah. It's something that I just mean, passed like recently in 2018. It's like select instances in which that'll it'll be like someone who was charged with statutory when it was like they were 19 and the the <clears throat> their victim was 16 so something like that and you're if, more likely to be able to get yourself removed than if you're charged with sexual rape. liberty yeah. a child if you were like 45 years old or something okay yeah, there's issue because that the other case the guy was not well, i guess he had himself removed from the sex offender registry some years back and then he ended up dating somebody with children and the court felt as if she should have known that he was a sex offender i'm like normally when you date people you don't run their you should and we can check that for you but you don't normally run people's names to see if they're sex offenders or their record but yeah, in these days and times we might need to definitely All right. So there was a problem, right? So two ex-cons could not, they learned that they could not uh, live together under the same roof and they began to compete for the guy's sympathy. Nuff offered to put Regina in a hotel, but she refused to leave, arguing that she had been with man much longer. Nuff ended up stabbing Regina six times and the man, his last name was man, 15 times in their necks and shoulders. (laughs) He rolled their bodies up in blankets, put the bodies in bags, and ditched the house. He also covered the bodies with trash. The couples were reported, the people were reported missing days later, but the police never searched the home. When questioned, Nuff told police that he thought the couple were staying with friends. For a while, Nuff did not have much of a plan, and he made up stories about how his finger got sliced open when he saw his prison paramour, Alicia Stoner, who had been fired from the prison where Nuff was, in- Nuff was incarcerated over their illicit relationship. He said that drug dealers had broken in one night and attacked him, and he got in a bar fight. So somehow this guy has continued to have relationships with people who (laughs) were either working in prison or whatever. So he gets this lady, of course, fired, and then he asks her to help him cover up his crime. So eventually he realizes that he needs to do something because there was a smell. Still broke and jobless, he needed the woman's money and asked her to buy him some power tools, garbage bags, new shoes, and a table saw. He was trying to steal a page from the fictional serial killer's playbook, something he saw in a TV show, Dexter. It's like one of my favorite shows. You like Dexter? I loved it. Okay, good. (laughs) I felt she would like Dexter. Who doesn't? (laughs) When is it coming back out? Y'all know yet? I'm still. I don't know if he's released a date. I don't think they really. Yeah, 
I need them to hurry up. I just watched it. I was late on I the love, extra You're train. getting all antsy. You just finished watching it. I was like, you it. just watched it? <laughs> yes, I was behind. Yes. <laughs> I was probably watching America's Next Top Model or something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so... What? Oh, yeah. I'm all over the place. Like three months. I've been like 10 years. So random. <laughs> I do. I have to have, like, morbid stuff and then sweet stuff because, you know, it just gets a little crazy for me. It's all about balance. It's supposed to be this fall, the new season. Oh, See? I knew it was close. Uh, Our friend Nuff, he wouldn't get that far. However, he started by scrubbing the blood off the walls, which Raven has told us is a no-no, and cutting the blood-stained pieces of carpet out of the floor. He put all the bloody carpet fragments in the garbage bags and lined them up in the hallways and the basement. He supposedly asked the neighbors when the trash would come. But as he waited, he continued to commit crimes. Nuff wanted to offer money to set the house on fire, so in the middle of the night... On May 18th of 2017, he stole his son's Jeep, the son that he wanted to uh, have such a great influence on, and drove it to two mom, through two mom-and-pop beauty salons, busting through the front door and walking out with cash registers. So he was eventually arrested for that a month later in June 13th, and they still had no idea that Regina and John's bodies were still in the house decomposing. Trash bags. Wait, so in trash bags, want- wrapped up in uh, carpet. He wanted to offer money for someone to burn the house down? Yeah, and maybe so maybe I'd so swipe this, but he once he got arrested for these break-ins, he reached out to another friend of his named Robert DeLugo, another like pen pal of his, and asked him to go into the bedroom where the most incriminating shit was and use kerosene because it'll burn hotter. And he offered the guy like 500 bucks. But, of course, the guy didn't do it. But he never also told the police that he was asked to do these things. So a couple of weeks later, the bodies were finally found. It had been two months. So you're talking about four to six weeks. This They were probably just like splosh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Especially in the plastic he cut bags. Him up. He cut them up, though. He cut them up first and put them. He cut them up, rolled them up in the carpet. He rolled them up in the carpet. And then put them in trash bags? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. They were, they, were, they were juicy. Ugh. They were they were juicy. <laughs> the bodies were not found oh, until man, the police maggots, searched. Yes, the maggots was in there because they like dark. So here's my thing: if you find the bodies in the bags like that, do you have to open the bag? No. What if you no, went no, no, in? No. What if you went in for a hoard, and then you found the bags? What? Well, you call? I'm calling nine one one. I don't know. She's <laughs> like, oh, clean these up. Yeah, no. the, the bags is. The maggots is going to be out regardless. They'll be yeah. on the outside of the bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're coming out. They're going to be everywhere. Oh, my gosh. But no, yeah. if there's a body, we're talking evidence, scene of a, you know, a crime, evidence of a crime, call a 911. We don't do that. Okay. These police officers, they, they walked past the bags, obviously, multiple times. So, let me see. Where's I'm my, nosy, though. I might look. Where's my note? Right. I'm going to peek. Let's see, like, what is in there? So the bodies weren't found until the police searched the home a week later after receiving complaints from the neighbors about smells and continued pressure from Regina's sister. On July 21st, 2017. July. Excuse me. It wasn't July, but it was in June. (laughs) The Ohio Bureau of Investigations and the medical examiner were called to the home which was in disarray, making the investigation even more difficult. They called in a hazmat team to help, and the bodies of Regina and John were found decomposed in the home. Nuff denied responsibility for the slayings as the judge asked him for any last words. He insisted throughout the trial that he had acted in self-defense after witnessing man stab Copa Bianco. 
criticized Parma Heights police and they criticized, excuse me, the police investigation of the crime. So they were basically trying to say that they had missed something, of course, from going back. But the first time that they went to the house, they the body, the bags and stuff were all in the house, but there was meat on the table. And so they thought that the meat that was sitting on the table was the reason for the smell. And so they left. Come on, man. Yeah. And then weeks later, they went back and actually went inside the room and found the bodies. Two totally different smells. Yeah. Two totally. So that's why they were trying to blame it on the the police's investigation, because they had gone a couple of times and obviously were not able to find the bodies and didn't realize that that was what what was happening. Hold on. It was a weird little name. So I cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because... uh... Their police force is a little shot. There's a whole lot. We got a whole lot of issues. He accused the police and prosecutors of lying to the jury and told the family that he was sorry for how things turned out and that it wasn't over and he was going to pursue every avenue to get the truth out. And then the guy's son basically told, said that he did not want Ohio to waste their money on executing that this man and that he just wanted him to sit in jail. But of course, Regina's sister was like, your death cannot come soon enough. So he was sentenced to death on August 15th of 2019. He's currently in Chillicothe. Chillicothe? Yes. Thank you. Missouri? She's like Correctional right institution. Set. No, it's in Ohio. Oh, they got a Chillicothe, Missouri, too. Okay. So, yeah, Chillicothe. Chillicothe. Yeah, and they had a weird county name, so I left that out. <laughs> but, yeah, we're talking about death cleanup and hoarders. And then there was a couple of different stories about the reason why he was trying to cover this up. Mm-hmm. And he was just... Oh, really? Don't. They thought the house was abandoned, really, and they found the meat, and they were like, "Okay, that's what it is. It's just a hoarder's house. Eventually, somebody will come and condemn it and tear it down." And I don't know. Sometimes people tend to throw around the, the hoarder words because sometimes people could just be really nasty and and messy and untidy. It doesn't really necessarily co- constitute a, as a hoarder. However, a gross filth, which we we also call it, can be those kind kind of situations. Now, as far as cleanup. The, really, the only part that I would be responsible for is where them trash bags is at. That hallway where the trash bags, where the carpet and trash bags, unless the family wanted to hire. Wanted to do the yeah, whole the, house. The, the kitchen being dirty, leaving meat out. That ain't my, that's not, that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> just like you just use bleach. That, that ain't got nothing to do with me. You can clean that part up. Uh, but if they, if they, because it's not part of. It's not contaminated through bodily fluids. It's not contaminated from blood. It's not contaminated. Now we're talking carpet. Like I said, maggots move quickly. They like dark spaces. So they may be around. I may have a little bit larger in all actuality. I probably have a little bit larger space than just the hallway. But the kitchen really doesn't got much to do with me because it's not so much up like. You have to clean up the maggots just because those little bitches decided to run across the room. Kind of, sort of. Because I really can't, <laughs> I, I can't really leave them there. The maggots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, and you try to get them, you got to try to get them all. Um, yeah. But give it about seven How days. How do you collect the maggot? Give them about seven days. They're going to turn into flies anyway. And then and we'll just find them in the windowsill. Okay. So one of the, that's what had happened. One of the, ju- I think the judge who sentenced the guy ended up going to the house and she said that there were so many flies before she could actually reach the house mm-hmm. that she had to put like Vicks or something in her nose. That doesn't to, work. Okay, I'd never heard of that before. Mm-hmm. People so. do, like when they do it on TV and they put the little Vicks or menthol underneath their nose, now you just smell menthol and decomp. You're still going <laughs> to smell it. Wait, it can you put anything up? Nothing. It's gonna, you're going to smell it regardless. People, Law enforcement, they'll call themselves putting stuff under their nose. Now you just open yourself up to smell it even more. It doesn't work. 
uh, with the Vicks. Yes. It's, it's just going to open you up. Now you got it. Now you're going to smell it even all more. in your lungs. Right. Everything. Just go put a mask on and suck it up. Go on. Yeah. In Do y'all have these N95s? Yeah. We have N95s. We have, we have filters, actual respirators if we need respirators. I have one of my techs that usually always wears a respirator, doesn't like the N95. Okay. Well, I have a really random question that I just wanted to ask. Have you ever had an animal hoarding instance? Not an animal hoarding, but I've had where somebody let their dog have like urinate and feces all in the house, like that part. But the animal wasn't actually there. There's a lot of diseases that are that can be found in in animal feces and urine, especially cats. I'm, I'm sorry. He, he uses the box <laughs> like he's supposed to. There's there can be health issues later down the line from animal animal feces and urine if not properly cleaned. But well, those people can stay in those houses such yep, a long they don't time, smell even it. with that. Yeah, they, the they're iron. like immune to it. We also got called out for, which is really, I went out to go do the survey on it, but it was really out of my scope I, or I hadn't really had to deal with it before. I didn't even know it was a whole thing, but there was bats in somebody's attic and bat um, guano or uh, bat poop is a very toxic. And so it was up in the attics. And so I can do the cleanup, but they had to get rid of the bat first. So, so the animal people had to come in first. And yeah, then- there's like a whole I looked it up. It's there's, a bat thing. There's a whole lot of bat people. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know bat that was. Man, bat girl. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. But there's really people that their whole niche is. Bats, yeah. Because bats. something, I don't know, somebody at my church, they had a bat up there. And they were concerned the about. Huh? In the belfry? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm telling really funny jokes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know, but they had to get the bat team to come out there and, and get all bat the bats. Team. Yes, because they they were concerned if they like laid any eggs or something that they would be taken over by bats. You were talking about cats earlier. I'm curious, why does cat pee smell so much worse than regular? The animal? Amo- it's the ammonia in the urine, but it's no really it's really no different. Even once you break down, no matter what kind of animal it is, the ammonia smell in in cat urine is what makes it so. Toxic. Is there anything that can neutralize it? Because let's say your pet spayed them. The bathroom on, Don't you spay them? I mean, spay not them? to prevent it. Once it's happened, you're, it's in your floors. Because we've moved into houses before, like when we oh. moved in and they had pets and the carpet got cleaned by zero res and everything and give it a couple of days and the smell comes back. Yeah. So I, there's ozone machine. You have to get something that's like that commercial type grade, but there's ozone machines, which is what I use. I have different capacity kind of ozone change. You have to change out the filters, but even just something, even not even just cat urine, but like smokers when the smoke gets in the walls and some, you, you can't get it out. There, you have to use certain like kilt and then paint it. You got to go through a lot to the older part. The odor removal part is a process all in itself. Yeah, I've seen that before. I used to flip apartments when I was in college. And if somebody smoked and died there and they were like for 30 years, they'd been smoking. You'd have to paint with kills like six times before the nicotine would stop coming through the wall. You'd paint it white and then it'd just come back the next come day. Back. And then mm-hmm. you come back and you paint it white and it'd be back the next day. You can generally always tell where a smoker's been. Huh. It basically neutralizes like negative pressure to clear out the air. So when I go in and I set the ozone machine up, so the I turn off any type of HVAC system and I run it 
usually a minimum of 24 hours. I ran it as many as three days. Just depends on the need um, and how the size of the home or the business or whatever it is. And then I have to go through and I have to change the filter out. And it kind of just runs it's a fairly quiet machine, but it takes out all the odor in mm. the home, like through almost through like negative air pressure. Is that because, let's say there was a, something stinky on the floor, you cleaned up the floor, but now the stink is still in the air and everything, so that's what's got to get yeah, out. Yeah, so like the, yeah. Decomp, the decomps that I was talking about, the odor, when you first walk in the house, the person could be, it could have happened in the back room, but when you walk in the house, you're going to know that it was in the house. So the whole house has to be aired out. But generally, like when the ozone machine, I don't run that until pretty much the very end after everything has been cleaned. So while I'm there, we usually have windows open, doors open. We're trying to air it out while we're working naturally naturally, and then come back and treat it through the, but we have liquid odor sides that we can almost like a spray or aerosol that we can spray as well. Just depends on how large of the area that we're trying to treat. Okay, y'all got any more like gross questions? I don't think so. I was going to say, it's funny that you say you're really into like gory, bloody, want to look at gross stuff. Because listening to one of my favorite podcasts the other day, they're like, you know, you guys never listen to me, but do not try to find this picture, like a crime scene photo. You're like, do not. It will seriously disturb you. Like, it's so bad. I'm like, and you're looking it up right now. They're finishing their (laughs) sentence and I'm already on Google. (laughs) Right. Or uh, I think Facebook now Facebook has the little screening thing where if you put pictures up, there's two glory. So it'll say, if you want to view, click here. I'm always clicking. I would have slash. Want to get there. Yeah. And (laughs) um, my my team that helps me out with my social media marketing and things like that will put do a lot of before and after pictures and things like that. And I actually got some type of tag on Facebook that. I couldn't do the photo without the, so really? I put a disclaimer yes, or somebody reported my photo. Actually, I think is what it was. Somebody reported I it. I saw your pictures are not that bad. Big them are the good ones. I was about to say that look, that look good for TV. Them, them are the good. But yeah, somebody reported. So then I had to have them start doing a disclaimer and if you choose to look kind of thing, but yeah. I like People that so idea because it makes you look like more badass. Because you're like, I can't even share these photos with the general public. <laughs> <laughs> and really, my share that for you. And my crime, the cleaning is really the only photos we're trying to incorporate. Because transport, the transport division has grown so much in 2020, and that's I'm really focusing a lot on that right now. In 2020, as far as cleaning. Everything has pretty much been COVID scrubs. I've just right. been doing a lot of COVID cleanings, a lot of COVID scrubs. Like I said, I had the hoarder house, the unattended death in December, January time frame, but nothing really much since then. Everything has been COVID. Can you explain the transport business yeah. a little bit? Because I was just curious, like how you get your clients and things like that. Because I think that's another thing that people don't you know, necessarily think about is if you have a natural death or something like that, what, you know, what happens with the body and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So Transport started about four years ago. It's a subsidiary of my cleaning company. It's called Final Passage Transport. And we are a end of life body removal mortuary transport service. It's a 24-7 operation. We are an approved transporter for the medical examiner's office. We service multiple counties. We connect with high volume funeral homes and funeral homes in the area. So we transport for them. So we transport for a high volume funeral home in Raleigh and we go, we do about 
on an average, we're probably around 110 calls a month. And so our calls can be anywhere from a lot of COVID related or just. Uh, there, there, yeah, there's been some COVID. There's definitely been a nice. Uh, 100 a month? About 110 a month. On so you have average. like three or four a day. Yeah. So we have about on our our average daily is is around five, but we might. I think we. I think I'm just. I just looked at my log just now. I think we've had five to six today. We only had one yesterday. We had ten last Wednesday. It just varies. Good gracious! What was happening? Do you feel like the moon's out or there's no. a full moon? Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> No. Well, you know, people are like, it's a full moon. Yeah. It's about to get crazy. The babies are all coming at and one I, time. I, I and, do, I do say that. I, I only say that about uh, only time I think that our numbers are going to go up is when summertime hits. And then it's yeah. and then I think that our not only will our cases go up, but also my cleaning opportunity, because that's decomp season. That's when it gets hot. That's when people die in their houses. And that's when the maggots. Yeah. And so maggots mean money. And <laughs> that's how I look at it. Hey, in, in hey. Kind of sense. but other than that, I don't want to see them. That is going on the podcast description. <laughs> the transport, we we increased our volume probably about 125 percent in the last eight months. I've just connected with two more funeral homes. Not as much high volume, but we're definitely going to be working with them. I just secured. I signed my first lease for a building next next week that I'm going to be moving into. So I'll run my entire operation, all divisions out of there. But my goal is to, I'm going to get into body storage, cold storage, and pet transport. That's cheap. This lady's awesome, cold y'all. Cold storage? Oh. Yeah. And also, what does that mean? What are you going to be? Cold storage? Organs? No, just, well, for body storage, temporary body storage. But the, the goal is, one, because every county has to have a storage facility. Usually it's a EMS station or a hospital. Okay. But because of COVID, people are running out of space. Some, some right. funeral homes have some storage for like their own crematory and things like that. And again, space is an issue. So I'm just hoping to, to be another option or service to be able to, hey, I have this service that I can provide. So if you need it, I'm here kind of thing. And then with pet transport, I'm pet the pet industry is a multi-million dollar industry. People are very serious about their pets. So where are they transporting the pet to? The pet crematory. With the cold <laughs> They storage? can't take the baby. They can't take the pet. They don't won't take the pet. Who, the human? The funeral homes? The people. No. If, if your animal, if your pet dies at home in Wake County, animal control is not going to come get your dog. You can take it to them. But yeah. you, that means you got to load up your own dog or your own pet and take it to them for them to dispose of it. But some people want to cremate their pets. So right. there, there's pet crematories. So I plan on reaching out to them. Wow. Um, with the cold storage, I for a second thought you were talking about the people that want to be like cryogenically frozen when they die because they think that someday they'll be able to be brought back to life. <laughs> I was about to say there couldn't be that many. No, no, this is this That's, is <laughs> that would be wild. No, this is just temporary. This is just temporary storage. It's usually 24 to 48 hours. Sometimes it's just waiting on a funeral home to get them, just waiting on a funeral home to get them or sometimes for unclaimed bodies. If social services is involved and they're trying to find a family member or the state's going to take They got to have somewhere to hold mm-hmm. them until things yeah. So they know or maybe gonna cryogenics is going to be your next division. Who knows? I still, I have, a obviously I have a lot on my plate, but I, I still teach criminal justice and forensics at North Carolina A&T. Uh-huh. So I do that. So I'm, I mean, I'm. When do you teach? Oh, you're virtual right now. This. Virtual now. So what are we in spring? So I was virtual in the spring. I was virtual in the fall. We left last March off right. of campus. Right. 
And but before then, I taught on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I had office hours on Wednesday. So I went to Greensboro three days a week. And you're on every scene for body clean or for crime scene cleanup. Yes. But for cleanup, generally want I have to do an estimate first. So I got to come because people call and say, can I get how much will it cost? Well, I, without seeing it, I, I need to go look at it first. So I generally can schedule the cleanups. Right. I generally can schedule them so I can work it because if I'm, I'm on campus Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, my cleanups usually start on Fridays. And then once I get it started, then my team can go ahead Again. and then I just got to be there for the wrap up. What do you do for fun that's not related to dead bodies? Well, I used to ride motorcycles. Okay. You look like a bike rider. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few of those, but I I used to ride motorcycles. I don't ride as much anymore. I went down some years back, so I just psyched myself mentally out of it, but I still have my bike. Like it's in the shop, I'm getting things done to it. Like I'm about to get on and ride it. (laughs) Just like, I'm going to clean it. Yeah. Ride it up the street. (laughs) Ride it up the street, come back. (laughs) But uh, my dogs, a huge dog lover before COVID and when we could really go out inside and play. I like music. I would do things. I love to travel. Tell me about your dogs. So my dogs, I have a 11-year-old boxer mastiff. His name is Glock, and he's 100 pounds. And then I have a two-and-a-half-year-old cane corso named Ruger. And, um, I love it. I love it. Team here. Uh, yeah, sure. I, go, I, go to the, I go to the gun range a lot. So, yeah, but no, those are my babies. Um, traveling, I love to eat. I'm a foodie. I guess when we was talking about balance, so while you're watching the next America's Next Top Model, I like Chopped. Yes, so, yeah, so I'll food. watch a food show. Baking I get caught shows. on things like that. But yeah, I'm a TV lover. It doesn't really matter. I don't get to watch much TV. I literally, with my schedule, I record a lot. So I'll be having so much stuff on my recordings and I got to go back and watch it. But I don't get to watch it nowhere near as much as I used to. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes when I just, when I want to, <laughs> I just want downtime. I just want to, I don't want to do, do nothing. anything. Nothing. <laughs> Completely separated. Nothing. Okay, so how do we find you? How do our listeners find you? So you definitely can find me. I am, my website is www.the4ccleaning.com. And there's actually a um, link to our final passage there. We are on Facebook and Instagram as well. Final Passage Transport and 4C Central, Central Carolina Cleaning Company. And we will add you to our notes, too, so y'all can find the links to, to finding. In the episode description. Episode description box. Can I please go on a ride along? I'll be good. Let's see if I can. I, yeah. I'll be good. Yeah. I'll sit back oh, and please fly. take Jamie. Please. And let's film this for me so I can watch it later. We, we, are, act, we are actually trying to, my, my marketing team, we are trying to find a way to start to try to, we do some background pictures loading the stretcher but you have to be obviously careful we can't trying to find a way to to film and and show what exactly we're doing without exposing families and things like that keeping the privacy absolutely that's very important absolutely that is awesome i really enjoyed today i wish i could find my little thing but we have to i guess i just had to move on i guess i just had to move on hopefully we'll be able to work with you more in the future personal level though (laughs) <laughs> like not I like know. i don't want to have to personally use your services I, mean, I, I understand no i would love to but, be personally friends that's what i say but like she's one of those people like rather know her than and not need her than need her and not know her type person yeah, exactly. so and that's exactly. how i feel about our services because being a, a small business a veteran-owned business a placement on google i i have to fight the national companies that have all the money to be on the first page and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of it. SEO. I was talking to a lady about SEO today. I talked to somebody too, because I need to, yeah. 
talk about that. Talk about that. See, whatever. But that is important because I was looking you up and they say if we're not on page one. So I I have to rely on a lot of word of mouth. I have to rely on my my testimonies. And in this industry, it's hard because people are dealing with a sensitive nature. They're dealing with grief. So it's hard to come back and can you leave me a review kind of thing? Sometimes it's... It is a hard question, but people I could tell that your people were happy that, and you got great reviews. So yeah. five great reviews is better than one just like, she did good. You know what I'm saying? Right. Thank you for um, coming. Thank you for the show. Thank Candace, you. Candice, thank you for Zooming in. I miss I'm you. I know. Um, and all of those things, find us in all the spaces and see y'all next week. So. Goodbye. <laughs> Blackman Detective Services. Check out our website at blackmanpi.com and follow us on Facebook. We don't sleuth shame. Subscribe to The Sleuth on your favorite podcast app if you really want to know.